Hey guys, this is Ryan from Anti. I uh, just wanted to give you a little bit of context about what happened this weekend and why we didn't put out a podcast just yet. Um, basically, we had a whole episode loaded up where, you know, the four of us were in one room for the first time. We recorded a pretty long episode about the past, the future of our brand, and, you know, the, the past and future of music in general. We kind of went into new music and all types of music news, and we kind of uh, talked about the, you know, quote-unquote death of Daft Punk versus the revival of Bobby Shmurda's career and how that kind of, you know, went soul for a soul, as the meme says. But, you know, we kind of went deeper than the meme and, and looked into all sorts of different uh, avenues of this theme. It was really interesting, but uh, one of the microphones got messed up with uh, one of the recording programs, as, as, you'll, as you'll hear in the in the episode to follow. But um, just wanted to give you guys an outline of what we're going to be talking about pretty much. Just talking about the weekend, talking about you know, some of the things we talked about from there, we kind of brought back and tried to recontextualize them. And on top of that, me and Ryan, uh, because he was sleeping during that conversation where we re-recorded me, Eve, and Troy, I decided to include Ryan as well by talking about the Solange album, When I Get Home from 2019, which is an excellent album that we both loved. We kind of dove into that, saw how it holds up. And so you'll, you'll hear a little bit of that as well. Yeah, besides that, the only really new music that I really kind of wanted to recommend was uh please listen to our goth metal goth rock goth wave whatever you want to call it playlist that we posted check that out check out our buddy vexagon uh from georgia he's making some new and exciting goth wave music that i i really dig and that i really think you guys should check out and then besides that um the benny revival soundcloud mixtape album uh from the elusive uh rapper (laughs) masked rapper you know, who, who's gained a lot of, uh, prominence, uh, by being featured on Alara pictures page and on, you know, the Safties page and all that kind of stuff, uh, the Softies rather, uh, their page. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's teamed up with a few different people, Despot, all that kind of stuff as well. And blood orange also had him on his 2019 project, uh, angels pulse. So, you know, he's gained a little bit of prominence over the years, but he still remained underground. And with this album, it's very much similar in the same vein as his other albums, where it's only on SoundCloud. It's about an hour of whatever Benny wants. You know, the beat switches to whatever he wants at whatever time. It's self-produced. And he's kind of rapping in his signature boom bap flow. But this one uh, is called Glad Games. And it dives into the anguish he's had over the years and as a child of being gay. Uh, That's Glad with two A's. Uh, like the uh, the anti-defamation, you know, organization for, for LGBT people. Um, and it's a really interesting album and in how it kind of dives into a lot of the subject matter that, you know, in, especially in rap, which is a hyper-masculinized genre, um, you don't really, you don't really hear a lot of that outside the context of joke rap and uh, uh, YouTube, you know, parodies of whatever, 6 9 or something like that, where it's the gay version. Uh, this stuff, you know, it's, it's the gay version of rap and it's, and it's, it's not always serious. You know what I mean? It's sometimes it's, sometimes it, it's, it's there, you know, for a laugh and sometimes it's there for Benny to get out his real feelings. A lot of times it's like that. And a lot of times it deals in, it deals with the traditions of, of Christianity and, and that kind of stuff and how, um, you know, he felt, he feels trapped and he feels the need to hide behind masks uh, constantly, which he always does, which he's always done. Even before this pandemic, he's been wearing, you know, Hollywood quality Jason and Freddie and, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, Twilight Zone masks basically and dancing around his whole career because he, you know, he, it's the only way that he gets, 
these emotions out uh, without uh, shaming his family as the way that he sees it. You know, like if he were to come out and show his face in public and, and be this rapper and be this, this gay, you know, rapper figure, um, you know, he would feel that that would bring shame on his family because it's so deeply rooted in his, his subconscious to hate himself and to hate gay people, even though he is gay. And it's just like really uh, a really interesting dichotomy that you see with him and you see, you know, the different ways that he explores um, his identity, even though he has a mask on at all times, you know what I mean? So he's a villain, you know, just like MF Doom or something like that, but you never see his face. And it's just crazy. Um, it's just a really crazy album, uh, mixtape rather, really crazy project in general. And I love it. And I, and I want to recommend it to you guys. And I want to play one song off of his album. It's called Represent. So this will be Represent coming up in three, two, one. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Okay, the Bible says that in the book of Daniel, that the Antichrist will not have the eye of a wing. The Antichrist will not have the Antichrist. So, uh, so over the weekend, um, the anti guys, we, we all had uh, a retreat and, uh, you know, we all got together and we able to make some posts, be able to record it like an amazing podcast, like two and a half hour long. Like, deluxe, podcast. You know, like, there were so many things <laughs> looping back into each other over and it was, we were talking about Bobby Spurgeon and Daft Punk. And somehow we found connections between these two things that were actually deep and not stupid. <laughs> and then, and then what happened, Troy? Yeah. And then the stupid shit happened. <laughs> and then, um, you know, okay, I'll admit it. I fucked up. Troy insisted uh, <laughs> that he kept hitting this wood block. He had this. We have this wood block in my house, and he kept hitting it over and over again with another piece of wood. And I was like, Troy, that's gonna affect the recording. And he just refused to stop hitting it. Yeah, yeah. I thought if I just stopped, uh, if I, th- I thought if I just hit pause, it would have stopped it. But um, no, he he had it. He had so his, what happened? His metronome was like a dingus. Yeah, I have my metronome on because um, I was using Garage uh, Band for the first time, and yeah. <laughs> Long story short, <laughs> two, hours, two hours of footage flushed down the tubes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was gone. Yeah, it was great. It was beautiful. Yeah, we all cried. We had some. We had some great um, insights on music, politics, <laughs> movies. Yeah. yeah. The culture uh, as a whole, I thought. Okay, it's the, it's the best one, yeah. but, but it's Lost gone. <laughs> it, it might be revived one yeah. day. Maybe just like the Avengers, you know, we'll do some reshoots. Get it back yeah. to normal. Troy will re-record his parts. <laughs> yeah, I'll, re- I'll re-record all of my audio. I'm just going to, like, I'll just listen to what I said, and I'll just repeat it back, you know, with the same inflection and everything, just to save the, the lost episode. It's going to take probably a year and a half. Thirty million dollars, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and we have to get all of our schedules in order. Obviously, we're all yeah. busy people. Yeah, know? Ryan has been recast by uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice myself. Spoiler alert! 
for the faith of all humanity. But yeah, our podcast was snapped to dust by Thanos, and and just like in the second movie, now <laughs> now it's back. It's back. <laughs> you know what I back mean? Back. You know it's going to be better than ever, guys. It's going to be better than ever. Don't even, yeah. you know, don't even trip. Y'all, y'all even miss the, shit. Uh, yeah, welcome to the anti-art uh, mini episode, mini yeah, pod. The mini, the mini pod. How, how y'all feeling today, Trey, Ryan? How you guys doing? Well, now I got that out of the way. I'm feeling pretty good. The weekend was pretty solid, guys. I, I will say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but you know, even though the the podcast was, was a total wreck, um, I, I still think that the overall weekend uh, that we had was pretty great. You know, we all got to talk about music together. You mm-hmm. know. It was really nice too, like being able to just like talk to you guys, like not on a podcast. You know what I mean? Like it's more casual, where like I can yeah. be like, you know, I, I don't have to have a point in what I say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just talk about like, yo, what kind of eggs do you want? Yeah, what? I mean, it's it's, well, it's like it's like after you bomb, like you can only you can only go up. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, that's what, no, what up? What I'm trying to say is when we were in person, we didn't have to uh, talk in podcast language. We could just be like, oh, yo, what do you want to go for lunch? Like, yeah, what, do we, what movie are <laughs> you watching? Actually chilling. I feel like outside, no, yeah. I feel like outside of the podcast, like, haven't. No, gotten, no exactly. I mean, obviously, uh, Troy, me and you have been friends for a while. But, you know, Eve, it's, it was a good seeing you come up, like, actually seeing you in person. Like, Thank you, sir. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was dope. I, I really enjoyed um, getting to see New Haven and getting to meet you guys in person. I learned a lot about you guys that I didn't know, like, just from, I mean, even though we, like, talked a lot, you know what I mean? Just, like, getting to know that you guys' background a little bit more it was really dope. Mm. Um, like, yeah, I feel like we're actually, like, legitimately friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we, were, like, we were cool before then, but it's, like, we didn't have any, like, bonds or, like, anything, any experiences together until that weekend. Mm. Um yeah, but we yeah, had music uh, in college. Me and Troy did go to college together, but <laughs> but me and you, yeah. Well, like, yeah, like I mean, yeah, like everybody, like everybody else knew each other. I just didn't know anybody. Honestly. That's true. Yeah, because but like, yeah, we did some shit. We watched some movies. We uh got some hibachi. Got a little little uh, little show with our with our dinner. Um, yeah, incredible. we had a we had a pretty pretty good weekend. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say my only regret is not having him. Uh, uh, spray the anti logo out with the with the oh, sake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Should have requested that. Taking a little uh, video. That would have been, been pretty, cool. That would have been cool as hell. I was slapping myself for that yeah, one. He right was after. a <laughs> he was a cool dude. He was a cool dude. I like how he um, I like how he like was like treating us differently than the other table because he was like very like I don't know performative for them, but then he was like kind of salty with us. It was pretty good. Yeah, he was he, like. He was giving them a lot of sake over there too, and he he under sake us. I could have, I could have done double the yeah. amount he gave me. He definitely see it was because he had, they had ladies at that table though. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I've, just, I've never gotten a uh, um, what's the word for it? I I never I've never gotten a uh, hibachi performance that was like spiteful. <laughs> Until that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize it. He was salty. What That's do you mean, like, spiteful? <laughs> he was just mad salty. Like, he was just like, he's like, ah, uh, like, sake, right, guys? Ha, ha, ha. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's, the egg in his head. he's like, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like, you know what, though? I will say, it is pretty interesting how, like, so, like, when we got to the hibachi, like, um, like, he was, like, halfway done, almost done, like, the other people's meal. But we were on the other side. So we got to see the end of that show. And, and like, and we're, we were expecting it to be the same. <laughs> but he just was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> like, grudgingly came so, over just like all right like you know got the little like, little boy with the pee you know what i mean that they have it every hibachi <laughs> restaurant still for some reason yeah peed on me a couple times he Weird. saw he saw four scruffy dudes and he was like i don't gotta fucking try to these guys like <laughs> I, I, never got, I never got actually peed on by that thing until that day i was like i was like Are you, oh. supposed to do that? <laughs> you never sat in the splash zone <laughs> have you yeah man <laughs> Good sake in the face. Oh. Do you remember at the end when they were all trying to lift up that fucking uh, vending machine? Oh, like my God. <laughs> yeah, what the oh fuck was that God. about? Like, dude, the whole staff was trying to move one vending machine, like, out of door. And they, like, couldn't get it past the corner. It was it was crazy, bro. Was- I know. They sounded like pain. They sounded like if they couldn't figure it out, like, they were all just going to, like, fall under the weight of it or something. Well, I mean, they were like, holding the that shit forever. On? Like, they were holding that for... I don't know why they were holding onto it for so long. But they were fucking just standing there with, like, with just, like, this you know, ton of weight in their hands. I, I think... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to walk into somebody else's restaurant and tell them how to do <laughs> their vending machines. But that process looked you know, a little sketch. Yeah. Plus, they didn't put dressing on the salad. But but enough about Yo, hibachi restaurant. Fucking, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, hibachi. Um, want to move I'll move on real quick to pusher movies are fantastic. We watched two of those this weekend. So what are the pusher movies? So yeah, pusher is a Danish series. It's by the the director of Drive. If you guys have heard of that movie, obviously with Ryan Gosling being like super, of course, astute. of course, mm-hmm. I mean, killing people, whatever, mobsters, all that stuff. But before that, he made in my birth year, you know, because it was my birthday, I guess it was fitting. My birth year, 1996, right. he made the first Pusher movie, which was pretty much like proto uncut gems. No, yeah, yeah, the, the way that uh, it was directed, like it definitely felt like that way of uh, just like the main character is like just tossed in like a new scenario, like every second. Yeah. just like oh like you owe this guy money oh now now your wife's mad at you oh now now your side chick's mad at you oh now the guy with the money's back again <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it, it was like a it was like a day in the life type movie of like these um these two dudes who you know sell i think they sell like coke and heroin and like a bunch of they just do whatever they can really they're like hustlers like type characters yeah, um yeah pushers yeah exactly yeah, it follows the story of this guy Frank and his friend uh, God, Tony. Tony, Frank and Tony, Tony. bald motherfucker, <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen, and then like very early role with these like, terrible nights. teeth. His teeth are so scary looking; he looks like a damn like vampire. He's wearing like these stupid glasses. He just looks like just like crazy. And then yeah. Frank is more of like a straightforward like uh, you know what I mean, like like Julian from Trailer Park Boys type of guy. Really like the straight man in the whole situation. He's a straight man, yeah, for sure. Yeah, honestly, he, he, he looked like he was dressed more like Ricky, you know, from just having a sweatsuit on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time. point. That's a good point. He, he gave me Nico Bellic vibes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. But anyway, yeah. So you go through a couple of days in his life. He's just like, you know what I mean? You introduce you to his, his friends. It's a little bit of a hangout movie at first. We're kind of like, where is it going yeah. type of shit. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden he runs into like his former uh, jail buddy or whatever. And the guy's like, hey, man, could you deal me some heroin? And he's like, you know, reluctantly kind of does it, whatever. He goes to this dude, uh, this like freaking like mob boss type of guy. I think his name is Milo or something like that. Yeah, this Russian dude. Yeah, he goes to him and he's like, yo, could you front me some heroin? I'll get you the money for it, blah, 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 whatever. And then the deal just, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, spoil it too much, but the deal goes wrong. And it's just Mm -hmm. like from there, it's just like everything spins into complete chaos 
with this man's life. It's just like yeah. nothing, nothing is going right. And like the yeah, it's so good because like the pacing of it, like like you said, like it just spins out of control. It starts like slow burn, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of like trying to figure out what's going on. You're just wandering with these characters, but like by the time like that initial shit is done, you know what I mean? Like it's just a nonstop like ride of just like you know like trying to bustle a move. Yeah, it, it, you know a different move happening. Yeah, it was adrenaline absolutely adrenaline no yeah yeah that's why i thought it was like a lot like uncle gems it's just like he just moves to the one thing and then before you even think about what just happened he has to move on to the next thing and then after that the next thing and then the next thing yeah and then next thing you know you're at the end of the movie lots of deals and there's a lot of things that are similar to uncle gems like literally like he gives the guy like a wash to like as collateral and they undervalue the wash and that kind of stuff that happens in uncut gems a couple of different times where it's like you, you can like you can you can watch the story of the movie by the way that the jewelry moves. You know what I mean? Like the ring is going that way. Okay. Like keep an eye on the, the ring and its importance. Keep the eye on this watch type of shit where it's like, you know what I mean? Like he ends up giving up certain things for certain things. Again, I won't spoil it too much, but like ends up giving up like his valuables. And then it just ends up like, you know, in a situation where they take his valuables and they're still trying to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's crazy to see, like, it's interesting to see, like, like this man, he starts off the movie normal, he's just living a normal life, he has a pretty good car, pretty good apartment, and then by the end of the movie, it's just like, <laughs> it just keeps getting things taken away from him, his dignity, his freedom, his valuables, you know what I mean? Man, just like Howie. Just like Howie, exactly. <laughs> and And just like Howie, he's just too stupid to, you know, figure out a real plan. It just, everything is like by the seat of his well, he, he, he's kind of he's kind of like he, it, he he has a plan and then it spirals out of control like each time like he fucks up he gets more and more and more desperate that's so, like, yeah and so you see like he's just like doing shit that he would have like never done in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like to to try and you know solve this problem and i, I think it was cool like it just not not only did it like kind of explore just like you know showing a character like frank become more like tony but i thought it was just so all fucking authentic like with the way they did everything like the way the actors spoke the way that they dressed the way that they like you know like their mm-hmm. habit their drug do like their drug habits like everything just felt so fucking real and natural yeah. and like i haven't mm-hmm. seen many i haven't seen that many crime movies like that feel that like raw and authentic you know what i mean and mm-hmm. yeah, at its core, it's a movie about like addiction, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It honestly kind of reminds me of um, another. Um, was I forget the brothers' names, but the ones who did Uncut Gems. Um, it reminded me of a Good Time as well. You know, mm-hmm. in that movie, have I when, seen like, Good Time? I don't have I, you seen Good Time? That's with Robert Pattinson, right? Yeah, yeah. That dude. I think Good Time is better than Uncut Gems. Okay? It is. It that's is. That's just me. Yeah, Time is like my favorite movie. Yeah, Good Time is so fucking good. Yeah. Sorry, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was thinking. I'm like, I was like, do I disagree? I'm like, ah, not really. I mean, yeah, Uncut Gems is okay. Good, good time. I, I think Good Times is like a little better than that. They're both. In my head, like, story you know, I'm, a, I'm a big. You know, I even have like the fucking production company hat on right now. Oh, that's sick, dude. That's <laughs> so, sick. So I think that they're. I'm like, I have them both as tens, but I still have a good time. Good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. In my head, but you know, they're both. Yeah, they definitely are both tens. Wait, I just want to see, bro. Have you seen The Lighthouse? 
Lighthouse, yes, I have seen the Lighthouse. Oh, dude, we're gonna get along so well. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get along so well. Yeah. Absolutely, but but yeah, back to the Pusher movie. We saw, we saw there's three of them. We saw the second one as well. I I personally liked the second one a little bit better. It, it, I didn't think I would. It followed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- Tony, like years later, like eight years after this movie, certain events happen again. I don't want to spoil it because you should watch this. Mo- these movies are incredible. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. certain events transpire. He he's out of jail. First day out of jail, he's like you know, doing doing drug deals and that kind of stuff. And his dad is involved, and we find that his dad is kind of like the fucking like kingpin of the whole, you know, a whole crime organization in Europe, pretty much drug dealing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds uh, me of like Fast and Furious, of just like the stakes just get so like higher and higher and higher that mm-hmm. it just gets like insane about how high they get. Yeah, you that's know? true. It was it was really different than the first one. I, I liked that about it. Like um, the first one was definitely like more of a thriller, um, but this one felt like it was like, just like a, like a character observation almost. Like it was just like trying to. It was it was for like I guess I guess the first one you could say it's a character like observation, but it's like this one was really just about like Tony and like his issues, like his mm-hmm. personal issues. You know what I mean? Um, and the scope of, like, the whole story was, like, really just set on just, like, you know, Tony's, like, family life, really. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I didn't think that that was going to be that interesting at first because I was like, you know, like, what happened to, like, all this drug dealing and, like, holding people up? You know what I mean? Yeah, in the, in the first movie, he seems so one-dimensional, right? Almost like a cartoon character. And so in the yeah. second one, I'm like, how is he going to, how is he going to come back and, like, be interesting? How are they going to, how are they going to make this fucking, like, off the wall? Yeah, you know, kind of like, you know, you know, sexual assaulter. Also, <laughs> he's like a sexual harasser. Yeah, like guy. And, how, and they, he, how are they going to redeem yeah. him in any way? Right? Yeah, yeah he's, he's just seen, a real piece of shit. Yeah, but he, he's a piece of shit. But he also seems like in the first movie, he has like this air of like not being a real person because he's just like this like I don't know this weird like almost like manic pixie fairy girl like <laughs> drug out like like train spotting version. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like where he he just shows up to just like I don't know, do some wild shit and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know, they did a really good job of like humanizing him, like showing like why he kind of does what he does, and I don't know, like it it wasn't it didn't seem like it was like trying to make any excuses for like his behavior or anything. It was just really showing him. Like I don't want to spoil it because like. Again, it's like it just goes more into his, his backstory, and since like his dad's part of yeah, it, like, it goes more yeah. into like his family past as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and I just think like this it's important to know, like, you're not gonna understand it unless I say it, but it's like he's kind of a fuck up, like, in his life. And I hope that's not too much of a spoiler because it's like I, he seems so cool in the beginning. All like, the movies kind of, seem like they, the, the whole all, both movies are about fucking up, right? Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. This yeah. plan, we go with this plan, and then That's bam, true, yeah. something fucks up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll drop one quick spoiler. It's not too big of a spoiler. I mean, basically, spoiler alert. He's he's this piece of shit. He does a bunch of bad things. Something happens to him. He's in jail. He's still kind of a piece of shit. And then halfway through the movie, somewhere somewhere in between, like that area, whatever, he you know basically finds out he has a kid, and then you you have to figure out how this man this like cartoon character is going to raise a child essentially. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, raising a child. and his mother is addicted and all of her friends are addicted and there's, they're doing drugs around this kid, like right next to the baby. 
and no care. Yeah, like this one's definitely more like like on the train spotting side, like way less about crime, more about like shitty people and shitty circumstances. You know what I mean? Yeah, addiction, like that kind of shit. Really cool movies though. Like the universe is I think what's so cool about those movies, like and kind of weird to say, but it's like because it's so like underproduced. You know what I mean? Like this it is it's shot basically you can see the lack of a budget everywhere, you know, from the fact that like it seems like in the in the first movie so much was improvised. You know what I mean? It seems like like you know, they they saved like a lot of their they were trying to save a lot of their money. Um but they still managed to just like create such a rich, like, you know, broad world full of these like really rich characters where it's like the pusher universe to me feels like its own like thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like John like, Wick or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like or like yeah. Tarantino, like how he's able to create just like an alternative version of like, you know what I mean? Like wherever he's 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 uh choosing yeah. to set his movie. Um yeah, my, my yeah. favorite thing about Nicholas or winding winding reference movies like like Drive, he just like Essentially, he gets rid of the cops. Like, the cops are just not a factor in his movies. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you got to... See, and I was thinking about these in terms of crime movies, but, like, that's what you low-key got to do sometimes. I love. And, I like that the best, because the criminals are more dangerous than the FBI. They are, they are. The police, you know what I mean? In certain yeah. Ways. And you need to show people getting away with crime to, in order to establish them being a criminal, too, right? Because it's like, if they're always on the lookout for the cops, it's like, you're not really getting to see them be a criminal. You know what I mean? You're getting yeah. to mm-hmm. see them be, like, on the run. Like, um, every single, um, like, crime movie has, like, them just being, like, looking out for the cops. Like, right. you know, like... But, yeah, honestly, I do like how, like, this... Um, yeah, so they're not really, like, many policemen in the, in the movie. It really just lets the story just run wild. And, like, yeah, with the, having the low budget, like, I honestly, I thought, like, it was, like, really amazing what they did, you know? Like, the script was so real and so, like, realist that, like, these characters just came off as real. So then, like, when the violence came, it just, like, felt real, you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were able to do certain things in this movie that I'd never seen in a movie before. Like, I didn't know that you could have a stripper at a, at a, at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 10-year-old <laughs> right at her, just like this. You know what I mean? Like, his eyes, like, wide open. just like Yeah, that was a weird scene. I was like, I was like, are you allowed to do that in a movie? Like, it was testing well, the boundaries. You can from, in uh, Copenhagen. Yeah, testing the boundaries from what I've ever seen. Yeah, from what I've seen in a movie. Where it's just like, okay, it has a European kind of, like, freakiness. Like, kind of like, are they allowed to do that type of, type of thing? Are they allowed to do that? Yeah, and mixed in with it. I don't know. I like the second movie a little bit better because you were saying about the budget. I think the budget is still low, but I think they use it so effectively on the violence, on the lighting, and the, uh, to rent the Ferrari for that one scene because I yeah. thought that scene was fucking awesome when he steals <laughs> the Ferrari from those rich people like yeah, that was in sick. the beginning because he feels impotent. You know what I mean? Some c- certain situation happens where he can't get it up and he <laughs> immediately is like, you know, I'm going to overcompensate and try to impress my dad and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like overconfident, overcompensate for yeah. Like, yeah, he's gonna like, I'm gonna impress my dad, and his dad just immediately like get that shit in my garage. He like steals yeah. the car for his dad, right? Dude, it, 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 yeah, the dad was such a cool character too, because like he was a piece of shit, but like he also like wasn't like I don't know, it was such a toxic relationship, but they did it so well, like yeah, the way that he would like give him a little bit, but then take a little bit away from him, and then give him a little bit. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, able to manipulate them. 
he, he yeah he treated him more like his boss than his dad and he, and he kept calling him a fuck up every second he, he kept going like oh my son is not the best but you know usually you follow that up with but you know he's he's getting better it's it was just like yo you know my son's not the best yeah. and then everybody laughs yeah <laughs> it's just like oh my god <laughs> like thanks dad <laughs> right it's like jesus christ it was so upsetting to watch like I felt so. I felt. I really felt for 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 Tony in this one, or Tony, whatever you want to call him. I really felt for him. I was like, "Damn, bro." <laughs> I also, I also definitely think he talked to the cops. Who's that? Oh, Tony. Yeah. In the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. I, it, it was uh, ambiguous, I guess, right? But um, yeah. <laughs> After getting to know him, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, he might have. So I also watched uh, Pusher 3, which uh, you, you guys didn't get a chance to see because you guys had to go a little bit early. But um, Pusher 3 incorporates a lot of the same elements as the first and second movies, but it does it a little bit differently and from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has that GTA character, like, you know what I mean? Like like you're, you're in a different GTA character's life per movie type of thing. But this one is a little bit older. And it's actually the dude who Frank uh, dealt drugs with in the first movie. His name is Milo. Yeah, and Frankie, <laughs> Frankie, <laughs> Frankie, my boy, Frankie, we're friends. He kept saying that. Like, yeah, we're friends, Frankie, Frankie. <laughs> he was like, a, yeah, just like a ruthless, like European dude. <laughs> but, but um, but you know, obviously, like first twenty minutes of the movie, I can tell you guys a little bit about. It. I don't want to, I don't want to go too too much deeper because I want you guys to see it. But um, yeah, you find out he's an addict. And, you know, obviously it ties in with the themes of the other movies because they're, they're all fucking addicts and um, really something to watch. It, it was really crazy just the way that this man, like, just completely self-sabotaged himself the entire movie. He was trying to handle all these things. He's trying to cook for his daughter's birthday, like a whole banquet of people. <laughs> and he just ends up cooking raw food and getting like his boys sick. And so, just... so, so like he made a wait. So he, he sells like heroin and he, you know, bakes a banquet pretty much yeah yeah he's nice. trying to sell heroin on the side and uh he's trying to uh cook for his daughter's 25th birthday you know at least time. he's still like a good dad you know like he's trying to be it's, it's like <laughs> <laughs> what's it what's it all about if you can't fucking if you're dealing heroin you can't go to your daughter's you know yeah man even walter white had a family you know you might well, as well it, have a normal job if you can't do that shit it's similar to gems and to the other two movies and where like as the movie goes along further, you see the main character's freedom start to get like taken away a little bit more and more each time. You see, like, like he's like, I want to go to my daughter's birthday, and and and, and certain forces are just like, nah, you know what well, I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's got work or something. Things like that, where it's just like constantly being pulled away from his personal life into this like world of drug dealers who don't care about you. Mm. But you know, enough about that movie. It was cool, <laughs> but uh. Enough about that. I wanted to get into some more personal things with you guys a little bit. Um, since you guys, you know, don't all... Whoa. <laughs> Maybe not too personal. People are trying to dox us. <laughs> Honk me up and shit. But, uh, yeah, you know, since our, our whoever's listening to this maybe doesn't know us that much or, you know, maybe only knows one of us or, you know, whatever the case may be, I wanted to get into a little bit more of your musical past, you know, if you guys play instruments, if you guys ever played instruments, also, like, you know, first concert experience, all that kind of stuff. So we can, we can kind of talk about like, you know, how that'll shape our, the future of the page. So I wanted to kick it off to Troy first. I wanted to ask you, what was uh, your favorite album in fifth grade? 
Fifth grade. Uh, let's see. Who was my teacher in fifth grade? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause, like, you ever think about like like that's how like I remember stuff like oh like whoever my teacher was then like that was like the time. Yeah, she was probably um, playing Crazy Frog or something. <laughs> yeah, remember. banger of the century, Crazy Frog. It was <laughs> amazing. No, I don't know. Fifth grade. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I never really like. Um, I just listened to whatever was like kind of on the radio and then i remember playing like guitar hero and then like i, re- I really liked like that kind of music that was on there yeah um you never you never got like a cd as a kid or you never like you were never like a cd kid oh uh you know what, what was my first i actually I never had a cd i never had one um wait what I, I actually yeah i never bought like an official cd man i i'm all uh i, I did the digital dash i got everything <laughs> on um, <laughs> My child and your child are so oh different. What the fuck? I used to make my own CDs yeah. all the fucking time. What? Make your own CDs? Like burn CDs for people and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Or have them Aww, in my car. That's cute. That type of shit. <laughs> but yeah, so, so you were just it's a little troll was just listening to whatever's on the radio. Oh no, you know, like it just didn't feel like uh you know, I was like a kid, I was in fifth grade. I think like I never really started to like listen to like real like real music. It was probably <laughs> a little later than that, maybe like sixth grade, seventh grade or something. Around uh I don't know, for some reason the the Carter three sticks out a lot. Like um because you know, who didn't like Lollipop? You know, like the song was amazing, and then like that really brought me into like listening to his whole album. And then like I never owned it, but my brother did on, on uh, iTunes. So mm-hmm. like I <laughs> would like listen to it off that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That, I think that was probably like the first like big album big album. Uh, album that I really like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What about you? What was your? Uh, what was, yeah, what was yours? You know, Mister, I have uh, CDs. <laughs> My first album that I bought was um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. I was ve- I I was very very into mm-hmm. Linkin Park. Yeah, and as I continued to grow up, I um, got more emo with it for sure. Because <laughs> fifth grade, I was listening to, by fifth grade and sixth grade, I was like ironically making fun of emo kids and goth kids, but and mm-hmm. and but at the same time, I was going to Hot Topic because mm-hmm. because my first time in hot topic basically started where i for halloween i was trying to be an emo kid or a goth or a goth or whatever right like making fun of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i just ended up like deeply immersing myself <laughs> in the culture until i was like you're like, like oh like look at these nerds and then you go in there and like oh that just look half bad <laughs> i was making fun of my chemical romance every day to the point where i was just ended up just listening to them every day so, so you were you were a hardcore scene kid like growing up I didn't go to any concerts or anything like that. I mean, I went to Lincoln Park like in fifth grade with my uncle, but like, yeah, yeah, we were never, more seen than me. Yeah, for sure. I was definitely like, I was definitely wearing like red striped, uh, <laughs> black and red like striped shirts and shit like that. Yeah, like, that type of that type of thing. I think in fifth grade I was trying to paint my nails black, and my mom was like, "No," and that was the best oh, decision she's ever. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. That's that's the best denial I've ever gotten because <laughs> I would still be. <laughs> You know, as much as as much you don't as, have that cringy Facebook picture of you, just like yeah, like with them, like don't probably is, if you dig deep enough, you could probably find one. But oh, I'm about <laughs> to check the archives. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what about you, man? Like, what was your first like? Uh, yeah, what was the first album you remember listening to? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I always like had music be a, a big part of my life. Like, I, the first thing I remember is like 
hearing like the Tarzan soundtrack like on the way to school. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. um, the Phil what's his name Phil Collins um, like mm-hmm. soundtrack, which was bomb. You know it was what I mean? Really good. Fucking fire, right? Yeah, I was in like a, I, I was in like a, yeah, yeah, it's so good. And then the drum, like I just I remember like I remember because I went to school, um, like downtown, like in mm. South Philly. So I, I remember going through, like pulling up on getting off the highway on South Street, and like you know just Phil Collins is like you know drum like. Uh, you know, orchestration just like pounding in my car and just like shaking the whole thing. Um, so like music has, has always been like a visceral, like, you know what I mean? Like feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say like, yeah, like around fourth grade, it was like definitely when I started to like, like look for music. Um, so like, I remember like, I, I, I was kind of like similar to, in the sense of like, I, I listened to a lot of shit on the radio, like, like Troy said, like the Carter three, really stands out to me and like I, I got into hip-hop through listening to the radio um so like you know Kanye yeah like, same same like, same like, you know what I mean like Jesus Walks I remember hearing uh I think it was on like Windows Media Player or something like that right <laughs> on somebody's computer and then I heard it on the radio and I was like oh my god I love yeah this yeah bro so yeah I mean you know radio I was listening to radio shit like T.I. I remember T.I. Justin Timberlake Beyonce, like that whole just like classic two thousands roster of like you know just like pop music. Um, so I, I I do remember that a lot. Um, that was really cool, like Black Eyed Peas and shit. You know what mm. I mean? Oh yeah, back in um, the golden age of when like what was it? When like every single pop song had to have like a pop chorus, but then like rap verses. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> the, the the pop rap feature yeah. combo. The feature, yeah. It's like you got yeah. Katy Perry with Snoop Dogg. You got yeah, yeah. Black Eyed Peas, like whatever they yeah. do. Off all yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe we could do a Black Eyed Peas episode because there's there's a really interesting history of, of the Black Eyed Peas that I won't even go into. But they they, they used to be like a serious. <laughs> they used to be a serious group. But um, yeah, I remember, like in the beginning, they really. I mean, I don't know. They, I guess they always have been serious. But... I mean, they are serious, but like they, they were in a what <laughs> my homes? It's like they did it like so often that like it wasn't even like a joke. <laughs> they took it they like yes. They like. I got a feeling that's. I mean, come on, can we? That's I got anthem. a feeling that, that is an anthem of drone strikes over the Middle East <laughs> and fucking <laughs> housing housing collapse. <laughs> that's the anthem, man. Yeah, we all remember every, that. Every era has an ironic celebration song, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> we talked about that in the last podcast. We had a really good point about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but somebody had to hit a wood block over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, I had that? to keep timing. I didn't know. Yeah, he was trying to time it out. Yeah, but you were just offbeat the whole time. I was like, face. But, um, yeah, like 2000, I mean, I guess like fourth grade, that means I'm like 10 years old, so like 2006. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to um, Nirvana. I'm listening to Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's 2006, so. Might as well say it's 2007 because it's like 2007 YouTube, which is like the fucking best part of YouTube. Found um, what's, who's the band that does uh, the bodies at the floor? Um, 
Oh. Dis- uh, is it disturbed? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty no, sure it's disturbed. disturbed. Oh, no, disturbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discovered what, disturbed. What the, the bodies hit the floor is, is not by this. Uh, it's not. Disturbed. It's not disturbed. No, no it's drowning pool. Drowning pool. Oh, yeah, yeah drowning pool. pool. It is drowning pool. Yes, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that. I'm playing Halo. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm doing similar stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm also burning CDs. Like Ryan, I, I definitely related to that. Um, we had this thing in my school. It was called like Friday Faves. Mm-hmm. Like we would bring in like a song every Friday for our music class, and then like we'd share, talk about it, why we liked it. Um, oh my god, I, my Friday fave was that song Paralyzer. You guys remember that? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you mean the, the best song <laughs> in the world? Right? Oh, no. God, speaking of drone strike anthem. Jesus. Right? No, but like, I'm over here being an edgelord, right? Like, the edgiest, like, 10 year old oh, song, man. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, watching, oh, yeah. watching Raw, you know, Monday night, you know what I mean? Like, just, just, just living the dream. Um, just like blissfully unaware of the horrible things going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah blissfully unaware, yeah. dude. Just, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I listened to like a little bit of like seeing shit. Like, I was always into that mm-hmm. stuff, but like, I never. It was like I never had like access to it. Like I skated a little bit, you know what I mean. Like I listened to like a little bit of Lincoln Park. Um, listened to like a decent amount of uh, like Panic. I would listen to and like All American Rejects. Fucking love them because of the Bionicle commercial. Panic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Panic at the Disco was kind of fire back then. Yeah, I mean Brendan Urie is the shit. Like he's so awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was listening to that. Definitely, and you know, Paramore. Um, you know, like the bigger pop punk bands I, I, I knew of. Um, I wasn't like a like, uh, Chemical Romance fan. I will say. Uh, so I feel like I'm, I wasn't really like a scene kid all the way. I like I had one foot in, um, but definitely loved. Like I was getting into metal. Um, first song I downloaded on my iPod was uh, one of them was it was like Tainted Love, but like. Uh, it was Marilyn Manson's cover, mm-hmm. and then um, the other one was like uh, Black Sabbath's uh, Iron Man, and fucking uh, the live recording of uh, Crazy Train. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Not no, Crazy I, I, Train, but like the live recording of a uh, fuck. What if? Oh, I'm like such a bad fucking metal fan right now. No. Um, Oh, paranoid! Paranoid! Oh, paranoid! Paranoid! paranoid. Yeah, I kept wanting to say paralyzer. Yeah, I love this. Is like the the rock and metal like quiz show. I love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that was me. That was me. Um, That was me early years, and then you know, like, like yeah, listened to all the pop shit. Uh, Got to high school, discovered indie rock and Spotify and Pandora which changed my life, you know what I mean? Um, just, like, started listening to, like, I think Florence and the Machine opened me up a lot, and then I went to, uh, like, I think Arctic Monkeys were another big band for me. Mumford & Sons was a big band for me because just, like, you know, that was the wave at the time. Um, Twilight soundtrack, um, <laughs> huge influence on me. Um, I never listened to that because the Twilight movies were so fucking bad. Yeah. yeah, they were horrible, but, like, the soundtrack was a bomb, bro. <laughs> like, they were crazy. Like, I, I definitely, like, you know, had some conversations with some women in college over those soundtracks. <laughs> they were just like, we, we apparently were on the same page. Um, 
No, I bet. You put yeah. them on. Yeah, I put them on. You put them on back to Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry for the reason why it's back on HBO Max. Oh, no, it's okay. I wanted to ask also, you know, C- CD is a cool music's cool, but like, I wanted to ask you guys about like concert experiences. Like, tr- again, I'll kick it to Troy real quick. What was your first concert experience? Like, you remember, like, that you remember, like, this uh, is a concert. I like this. I'm excited to be here. Oh, yeah. My first concert ever. It was Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa. No way. Yeah, it was, um, I think it was like the summer going into my sophomore year of high school, I think. And it was just incredible. Like, um, it was at the, um, now it's called the BB Pavilion. But back then it was um, the Susquehanna Bank Center. Mm-hmm. And um, Moosh and Twist opened up for Mac Miller. And then, like, Mac Miller was trying to um, do Best Day Ever, and he blew out the fucking speakers. So, like, they they had to, like, replace the speakers mid-show. God damn. Yeah, yeah, it was real cool. Like, um, um, how old was I? I think I was, like, maybe, like, 15, I think, or 16. Do you remember anything? Definitely not 16. Yeah, I was, like, Any any crazy shit that, that, like, back then you didn't understand, and now you look back and you're, like, that was something else? Or no? Um, were you ever not? Were you naive at that age, or were you like? You no, I was. I, you know, like um, we can't use this part, but yeah, I was fucked up. Yeah, because you know, actually, because like you know, I was going out with like like friends I'm in high school. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. it was real cool. Like it was like we met up with um other people from like the other schools there too and we all just kind of like it was kind of like a huge party like you know where like everybody was like you you would hang out with was there yeah and um yeah we all just got super drunk and um it was really cool then a Wiz Khalifa came out uh and this is when like cabin fever was was big so like he was like doing some like amazing songs and then like of course like I was when he was really heavy into like Taylor Gang. So everybody was like Taylor Gang. <laughs> Taylor Gang. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like it, it was real it was real it was a good concert, you know. It was a good experience. I really liked it. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, I I had a different experiences, I guess. Again, like I didn't I didn't start drinking until I was like 18 or like 19. Like I just like didn't, I didn't think it was a possibility for me. Just did not. I, th- I thought it was like, you have to get invited to a party. That's it. I was like, I, I knew that there was liquor in the cabinet and shit like that. But I was never like, <laughs> yeah, let me try that. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> until I was like 18 or 19. It was weird. But <laughs> before that I would go to concerts and I would be like, the, there'd be these people like smoking around me and like throwing up around me. I'm like, I'm like, why are all these people coming to this concert? Like, like like Lincoln Park is here. Like like, like show some decorum. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, damn, how are you getting kicked out the first hour here, bro? There's twelve hours. It was like the one that I went to. You're like, come on, man, you're gonna miss Lincoln Park. <laughs> In fifth grade. I was just like, Yeah, I was just like Hey, my uncle were outside the venue, or whatever, we get in and as soon as we get in, there's somebody getting arrested for weed, and I'm just like I'm like, You're gonna miss Lincoln Park? over drugs you know what i mean <laughs> i still get pissed off about people like that i hate i hate i i never go to concerts with like people who like are primarily there to get fucked up you know what i mean i never i was never like that i don't know why it was just like if there was ever a chance of me going to a concert and one of my friends like making us have to leave because they, they get blackout drunk i just like i couldn't handle oh, that no 
Yeah. Uh, I guess we shouldn't go to concerts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I rally. I rally. Bro. If you can rally, you can handle your own. You can be like, yo, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to head out. But, like, don't let me. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's fine. But pe- there's some people who just, like, they'll just, just, like, like puke. Yeah, fuck- and then, like, every I need everyone to help me. <laughs> yeah, I need everybody. <laughs> I was just, like, I, yeah. I just, like, never. As a young kid, I just never, like. I saw a full day of concerts. You know what I mean. I saw a fucking him. I saw Taking Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance, Lincoln Park. Oh, was this all like the same day? Yeah, all one day. Oh wow! So wait, so it was like a total like music festival then? Yeah, it was called a uh, Lincoln Park Project Revolution. It was in New Jersey. That was my first concert. Wow! I saw it I, I, at two o'clock in the morning. Right, I used to watch Adult Swim. And at two o'clock in the morning, I heard this fucking announcement. It was like Project Revolution, like Lincoln Park or whatever. I was like, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I went to the library. I looked it up. I was like, oh shit, okay, cool. And then, wow. <laughs> I just ended up, and then I just ended up there. I don't remember the the, the fine details in between. <laughs> the fine details of you like mom dad i really want to go to lincoln park yeah like i want to yeah. see lincoln park yeah dude no i was literally listening to lincoln park earlier the song giving up with mm-hmm. the fucking 17 second scream oh yeah because I, I, I was trying to think of what what i was listening to at that time yeah yeah holy shit dude mm-hmm. that, that's insane man mm-hmm. insane um People sleep on Lincoln Park. They think they're just like a joke band, but no, they, they, they got raw emotions. They have they're raw, dude. Give it. Listen, listen Sorry, to Give man, It Up. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm after like, this, after this, listen to Give It Up and tell me that's not some real shit. Okay, I'll listen to it. I don't know. I just never been. To, you know, what? I'm just like I like the memes too much for me to actually give them a chance. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, you think the joke is funnier than the truth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, or, or 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 people like the joke, <laughs> whatever you know. People, what no, it's like I saw it. And I'm just like, this is real. Yeah. This must be real. <laughs> yeah, the lie is funnier than the truth. There you go. Yeah, man, I I bought into fake news. I guess. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was your first uh, uh, concert? You? Uh, it was made in America, um, so I don't remember Ooh. who I saw first. Um, it was probably like ASAP Rocky or somebody. That's probably why I didn't remember it because I remember ASAP Rocky came out like fifteen. But he came out like so late, like way more than fifteen minutes late. Like he was he that came out for this. I, I don't know, bro, because we might have like seen each other at Made in America. You know what I mean? I think we probably um, did. We definitely crossed paths uh, at, at that Made in America. Yeah, but like he didn't come out until he had like fifteen minutes left in his set. I remember that. Yeah, he yeah. like was it? He came out late and then he left early. Yeah, yeah, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, so like, I remember that, and like, I don't know, I don't count that as like. Yeah, whatever you're, first... whatever, whatever you're like sitting there, and you're like, I'm excited. Like that's that's how. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that came later. That came when I graduated um, from college. Damn, nothing in made in America was like. <laughs> Dude, nothing in made in America. Bro, <laughs> me, that, I had such that a been something, there. bro. Bro, nothing that made it. Wasn't like Beyonce there or some shit? Dude, Dude Beyonce was Beyonce there. was there, and all I remember doing. He brought out Jay Z. How how is that not incredible? All I remember doing was like I remember it was so far back. I was like I can't see her. Like I can barely like I don't care about Beyonce. And I was like I was trying yeah. to talk to girls the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like legitimately. Man, like, you're forgetting girls love Beyonce. I mean, Drake knows that, but <laughs> we, we all can't be Drake. Um, <laughs> 
That's a, but yeah, um, at, when I graduated high school, um, when I graduated high school, I went to Firefly mm-hmm. in Delaware. Um, and that was sick. I went with, uh, Trey, you remember Ross Higgins? Yeah. Yeah, dude, me and Ross, we took his uh, dad's convertible and just fucking drove down to Delaware and like saw Firefly for a day. Wow. That's <laughs> and we saw Yeah, dude, we saw, um, it was sick. We saw Arctic Monkeys because like that was why I was there. Um, we saw Young the Giant. We saw, uh, who else was there? Uh, there were a couple other bands there. Oh, yeah. So, I think we talked about this on yeah. a different podcast, didn't we? Or maybe it got deleted or something. I feel like, yeah, we definitely talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, think, I think we went over that. Because Ryan was clowning you for, t- <laughs> for talking about Arctic Monkeys. I remember that. <laughs> but, I mean, Arctic Monkeys, my shit. I don't, man, listen, man. 2013, dude. Oh, my Arctic. God. Yeah. Every girl had a. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Hot. Yeah, bro, come on. It was such a good time. It was such a good time. Why can't we come back? Take me back. I think in college, though, if I can just go on a little tangent, um, bro, I went to the best concerts when I was in college. Like, Webster Hall, bro. Me and Ryan were talking about that before. But just, like, being right next to Webster was just so sick. Like, New York was, like, a really – it was just a really – I just went to a lot shows and i can't even remember all of them honestly but like that those four years were just like full of shows like they're so cool yeah i can only imagine i mean we went to school in connecticut we went to a couple good ones we saw me and troy saw frank ocean in, in the city that was that was dope. that's sick yeah, yeah we good, did that was a good one yeah we saw him uh that was like was a we saw uh, what, my, phone, my phone was dead <laughs> oh damn what album was he performing uh blonde oh nice nice blonde Oh, sorry, what were we going to say, Troy? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, no, no, we'll just continue about the, the Frank Ocean one. Um, yeah, that was sick. Um, like, it, it was at Governor's Ball. And oh, you were first, I think it was like the first time he wore that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like the first time he wore that t shirt that was just like, like, something like that's like a paragraph of text talking about like homophobia yeah. and shit. That was like the first time, like, like I remember like distinctly seeing that. I'm like, wow, that's a nice t shirt. <laughs> But um, yeah, that was real sick. We saw Solange that day too. Yeah, we were in line getting chicken fingers, good. and we we saw her in the distance. That's cool. Yeah, but, but who was really good that day? Uh, we saw um, Tyler the Creator during a uh, Flower Boy uh, oh, that's era. Sick too. That's like a good. That's like the. That's like like prime West Coast like fucking vibes right there, man. It's everybody, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It was solid. It, my one regret, yeah. my one regret, was not seeing Girl Talk before um, before Frank Ocean. That's like a, he's like a DJ pretty much, and he like he mashes up songs and stuff. He's like yeah. w- one of the best at it. That his concerts are so crazy because like the audience members come up on stage and shit. That would Dude, be fucking dope. Ryan, we gotta go. To, we gotta go to some um, some some house like concerts or like clubs or whatever. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you gotta put me, dude. I'm, 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 I need you to help me get into it. Like, I need you to, like, just like help me out, bro. I, I really wanna, I really wanna like dive into that scene. It seems so, so like, it's so cool to go to those like kind of events, you know? Yeah, what I want to go, I want to go to this, um, this Connecticut band that I've been into. They called uh, Them Airs. I did an interview with them last year. Uh-huh. And reviewed their album. I, if they ever come back around and they ever actually start doing concerts again, I'll invite you guys up. Cause I actually like, I, I talk to them like semi-regularly, I guess. And then like 
we like each other's pictures back and forth or whatever. Nice, 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 they're nice. pretty cool. So I like to hang out with them. Yeah, they're, they're really they're oddballs, but they're they're really like, good at making music. For, Speaking of concerts, bro, it's almost March, or is it March now? Yeah, it's like it's March first. Yeah, it's March first, man. It's it's the uh, anniversary of, of the death like, of live. Yeah, the death uh, of concerts, uh, bro. The death of uh, of fun. Yeah. What was the last concert yeah. you guys went to before all this dumb shit happened? Oh, it was uh, Childish Gambino um, in his Made in America. Uh, this is America tour. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty great. It had well. First, it started off shaky. It was uh, Ray Schmerder. Schmerder. Ray Schmerder. They opened up, but like they had a real off day. Like. Um, was it not Swaley, uh Slim Jimmy, like his buddy died that day or something. Oh, and like he was very upset about that. And he was on stage performing and it just wasn't pretty. It, it like literally like, everyone in the audience was like, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> they all found out. Did he say it out loud or did like, was there? Um, like, yeah, 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 yeah. They explained it a little bit. Oh. Uh. Well, he <laughs> on. <laughs> Well, he explained on Twitter after it happened, but like he was just okay. like crying on stage. The manager came out, gave him a hug. Oh my like, god! It was real, like you know, well that's well, fucking Black Beatles is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's extremely sad. Like, poor, poor Jimmy. No, but uh, I will say though, I think um, what was interesting though, actually from to, from that performance was how Sway Lee was able to still keep the show going because he still did all of his parts of their music. And then uh, he did um, that one song with uh, French Montana. He has um, Guatemala or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did that and he killed it. It was like uh, just like you know, like, uh, around that time too. I felt like that's when they started even splitting. You know, yeah, where like Sway Lee kind of like went up in his career, and I feel like Slim Jimmy was kind of kind of fell off a bit. Yeah, I mean a bit like. <laughs> they split and made that that double album and the race remember part was pretty sick and then the other two parts were fucking terrible the slim jimmy part was fucking awful and the sway lee part was i mean you know touchscreen navigation great song everything else is so bad <laughs> mm-hmm. sway lee is great for features yeah he's fan he's like the feature king mm-hmm. he's great yeah, he's real good. Yeah, he's real good. But um, yeah, and then Childish Gambino came out, and it was wild. It was so good. Like yeah, probably the best. Well, one of the best concerts. Actually, no. You know what? No, I think was the last one made in America. Oh, whoops! Wait a minute. Uh, I think actually, I think my last one was actually made in America. But I'm just gonna keep talking about the Childish Gambino one. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was sick. Um, fucking yeah that was sick like he did all of his hits you know like 305 uh 2005 um he did uh Redbone. he did like me and your mama uh he did um like pretty much a, a lot of uh because of the internet type of shit which is really good yeah it's a great album <laughs> yeah like and then he did like um was it uh like boogeyman and did everything off of, like awaken my love and like that was just incredible and what really, really made the show like really top tier for me was that he did a lot of uh, unreleased music at the time, you know, That's like, cool, yeah. yeah, like, like totally new music I've never even heard before. And um, it was that um, 
a lot of the songs were from the new album that he dropped um 320 or 315 2020 or whatever it was called mm-hmm. yeah bad. like it was, it was songs <laughs> off of that <laughs> Which, live they sounded pretty good mm-hmm. live they sounded good because they were super out of context they just sounded so different at the time yeah but like yeah hearing the back-to-back and like the finished product it's just like ah okay kind of ass yeah yeah i'm trying to remember what I, who i saw last i think it was on maybe it was on halloween i saw beach fossils in the city at some really small club that was that was a, that was a cool one and they were dressed up in Halloween costumes and like doing Halloween songs and shit. And uh, I'm gonna cut this part, but I was on acid. That was great. <laughs> that, oh, was, that was a great time. Great, great ambiance. That's all. All I gotta say about that. Yeah, great vibes. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just wanted to also, you know, talk to you guys about like. Hold on, no, no, I'll I'll make that a little bit smoother. Uh, Wait, what are you trying to ask us? Uh. The future of what we're going to do next, like who we're trying to interview next, what we're trying to review next. Like, uh, we, I don't know. Just be like, so yeah. like we did interviews, we did reviews to blah, blah, blah. What's next? Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. But, Ready? Well, first of all, I, I, I don't know. I, I should, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, do you guys know? <laughs> I'll freestyle it. I mean, all right. We'll see how this goes. We were going to uh, guess. So now that we kind of ready, okay. So now that we kind of got like a basic musical history palette type of thing from the three of us, uh, just wanted to ask you guys, like, what are your plans for the future with the brand? What are you you trying to do next, like specifically? Like, who are you trying to interview? Who are you trying to, you know, where are you trying to take it? What do you see yourself in six months? This is this is the anti-interview. I want to do some some more interviews for sure. I want to, but I want to. I want to just like get the podcast really going. Honestly, like that's that's the main thing I'm like focusing on right now. Mm-hmm. I want to get this tight. Like I want to get us like I, you know we we had like a little meeting about it before this, but like you know I just want to like make sure we have like our recording process down so that we don't have any like accidents like we had before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like tightening. I just want to tighten up the ship. Um, yeah. I want to make sure that we. Um, you know, the page is like, it's, it's, it's tight. Like they want to make sure that everyone <laughs> you knows like, tight. well, I mean, <laughs> all right, bro, it's getting, that's it. Are you saying that it's, it's loose? No, now? no, no, it's not that it's <laughs> loose, but I guess like what I'm trying to say is I want to make sure that everything is running smoothly. Like, I feel like right now we're still in the process of figuring out like what everyone's role is. Ryan is doing like a lot of work. Um, so I want to, you know, further delegate, like, what we do i want to like get the ship you know what i mean like in tip-top shape so that you know it's like running itself more efficiently and then i want to like start thinking about okay well like how do we expand like where do we have room to grow where do we have room to improve um but like right now i feel like there's just a lot of like um like onboarding almost you know what i mean for like at least me like just to get you know more I, like I didn't meet you guys, you know what I mean, before like this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm I'm still in that process, but you know, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, you were gonna say that. Uh, yeah, that weekend we were we're all able to uh, be on the same page because, like, I feel like because um, one of the I feel like one of the reasons why, like, you know, Ryan does like a lot of the work or it feels like that. Um, it's because like 
a lot of us have been kind of unmotivated, you know? So I feel like uh, us getting together kind of like reignited like our, our goals and like kind of reminded us of like, you know, like we might have something here, you know, and people might actually like it. <laughs> like who are you guys trying to, who are you guys trying to interview? Who are you guys trying to, who do you anticipate an album from next? Like that kind of thing. Cause for me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get more into this Italians do it better record label. That's like all these, like, all these electronic artists that fall under the the chromatics and like glass candy, like umbrella or whatever. There's a whole bunch of them that follow us and that like, you know, keep up with our stuff regularly and uh, vice versa. You know what I mean? So they're all releasing albums this year. So my, my goal is to try and interview each of them and and do like a, a kind of radio show, like a midnight radio show themed podcast episode or something like that. Like with transitions and stuff. That's, that's my whole goal. Cause I've been yeah. Want, yeah, cause I've been loving their music that label that labels music since college, like deeply inspirational to my whole process. Cause I used to be in radio and shit. So like, um, <clears throat> look at you. Yeah. Them releasing singles, <laughs> them releasing singles all the time, <laughs> you know, it was like deeply inspirational to me. I just like, I was always playing their stuff on, on fair. So you got here. So yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Podcasters. Yeah. I want to repay them. I want to, I want to, yeah, you know, promote them and, and uh talk to them and stuff like that like i think it'd be so cool literally yeah. pay them yeah. money <laughs> yeah. pay them. Well, I to pay. that could happen if we literally pay them money they like our page you know what i mean it was funny because 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 i i did um the review of their after dark three compilation last year and um the person i enjoyed the most on the, uh, the person i enjoyed the least on the album i'm sorry I like insulted her. I, this, is before, this is before we were like trying to like appeal to lesser. This is back when we were uh, anti pitchfork. Yeah, back when we were anti pitchfork, and we were trying to we we were just kind of doing it for fun. I was just like, oh, let me review this album. It wasn't really about like, uh, it wasn't really about hobnobbing or anything. Not not that it is now, but it you know hobnob. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like trying to network and shit like that. It wasn't really about that. It wasn't like oh, I'll tag them and they'll see this. It was just like. You know, I'll tag them and they probably won't see it, but I just want right. to do this for fun. And uh, yeah, the person I in- insulted the most on the album, and I didn't, you know, I, I, I said I didn't like her songs and I called her like a hipster or whatever, blah, blah, blah. She was the one, she's the one who, who views our stories the most now and she follows us and, you know, likes our posts. And I've talked to her several times. Uh, June. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out June. Yeah. T- Temple of June. Shout out Temple of June. She's cool. And her music has been getting better. You know, what I mean, it was her first year on the label, so I wasn't too into her stuff at first. But you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely improving, and she's cool. And I don't know. I just want to. I just want to interview them. That's really what yeah. I want to do. Mm-hmm. No, me too. Like, I want to definitely do like more reviews of, um, um, you know, just kind of like people like where we are, like in our areas, you know, because like now that we're all like, you know, Eve's in New York, I'm in Philly, you're in uh, Connecticut. We all could like. I don't know. Reach out to more artists on the East Coast, you know. Like we, we got a pretty pretty locked down. So like you know, doing like face face interviews. I, I wouldn't mind also just like doing like more of the podcasting that we've been doing and having more guests and us being guests on other people's, um, you know, podcasts just so we can like, you know, like kind of learn from other people and kind of just like start like making it more of like a communal show rather than just like us four just talking to each other nonstop. You know, get get a new set of ideas and um, yeah. coming our way. I was thinking about having a, an artist come in here and we, you know, interview them and, 
you know, we do like an around the horn style thing, shoot the shit, shoot the shit with them about, about music news and stuff. I feel like that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, no, yeah. I have a couple in mind, you know what I mean? Um, I want to do some yeah. some fucking metal shit, bro. I want to do some. <laughs> I want to do some scene shit. Like I want to like do some like fucking, just like yeah, like the next you know Roddy Radke shit. Like I want to see what he's doing. Like I want I want to immerse myself really in the um the like the pop punk scene that's going on. Um, there's like some bands mm-hmm. in the area like Oso Oso. I'm pretty sure is like from Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like just some some cool um, East Coast bands that are out here. Um, Knock Loose is from like New York. Um, they're a really like cool hardcore band. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, there's a, so there's a lot of that um, that I want to explore. But also like, I, I'm kind I'm excited to just like sort of expand like you know my like my taste in music. Um, I didn't realize like how much. You know, Ryan like knew about fucking um, house music until this weekend, um, and like that was like a, that's like a genre that I really want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely want to like you know shadow you on that. So um, you know, I want to I want to do some like metal stuff, some some house stuff, but also I want to do like some indie rock stuff, like with bands like like Cherry Blazer, um, small bands like. Or even like, if possible, like some singer songwriters, because like I fucking love singer songwriters, bro. Like that's like <laughs> my like uh, little like like Phoebe Bridgers, that kind of like thing. Phoebe, like yeah, I mean like Phoebe, like um, you know Julian Baker, like um, like uh, Faye Webster, um, Steph Chura, who like I realized like um, um, you just like June, like she follows June, which is like sick. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's like super cool. Like that that whole like community is just like super rad um torres is another great one. Oh yeah okay um, she's yeah. in brooklyn too um, yeah. i feel like all of these people with the pandemic <laughs> it's like a catch-22 like they're all very accessible you can all dm them and reach out to them but there's not much you can do right now no that's the that's the catch-22 right now bro because it's like yeah it's the same thing like i feel like i'm in brooklyn and i like they're all around here but like no one's performing <laughs> yeah so my, my whole goal with this with this thing is to kind of you know incubate it during the pandemic and then you know when things start when people start touring again maybe we can like actually get some get some some of that kind of stuff going but some of this but uh i think that kind of concludes you know the episode so far uh i'm gonna i'm gonna edit this pretty good and i'm gonna continue and a little short form uh, review of Solange's when I get home with Ryan. So he feels included in the episode. Don't want to disclude him because he's at work. Uh, but when he gets home, yeah. you know what I mean? We'll definitely have some breakfast, have some, some vegan pancakes and uh, shoot the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so it seems like 2019 was like the last year of like really good music, like with unlimited potential. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause last year everything was kind of kneecapped by the pandemic halfway through or even in March. Yeah. 2019 it was like you know tours this that you know like where is blood orange going next what album is going to drop next like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean in hindsight it seems like it was that good because of what was to follow huh like i mean even for for fucking metal like as a fan for as long as i've been i've never experienced a year where like like everything that's that's releasing is just like C plus or higher. There wasn't anything I heard that that was like this is shit. Even even like albums from bands that I wouldn't necessarily listen to, whether it's like taking just all this fucking space in my head for no. I, I couldn't even. I couldn't explain. It, it was a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. 
what else was going on that year? There was a lot of good like folk music out, Vampire Weekend and Wise Blood and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. They were just making classic albums again. You know what I mean? It was just like, I don't, there was so much good stuff there. Igor came out that year. So much fun by Young Thug. Mm-hmm. Bardier Bounty by Sada Baby, one of the, the stronger fucking, wasn't a debut, so to say, but it was like a, like an announcement. Yeah. Like the official tape. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the the not swinging to the not swinging at the fence, but not swinging to the fences. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like again, unlimited potential. Unlimited potential. And I feel like the Solange the Solange album definitely embodied unlimited potential. For sure, for fucking sure. I mean that album, yeah, like it's one of my favorite albums. Like period. You know what I mean? It's in my constant rotation. Yeah, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about 2019's uh, When I Get Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Solange album, um, I think it's like her third studio or fourth studio album, something like that. Um, and a lot of the skits were done by Standing on the Corner. It's this instrumental group that makes really, really good experimental music out of like Brooklyn. Yep. And we actually reviewed their, one of their songs last year, Get Out the Ghetto, parts one and two. Pretty great. Really, really good song. Yeah, very, very good song. And they liked it, so shout out to you guys. Yeah, Thank shout you. out to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. But, I mean, when I get home was like, the weirdest experience of not weirdest, but weird is the wrong word, but like most, yeah, I, abstract. Like I knew I liked it the first time I heard it, but I was like, I need to give this like a hundred listens in yeah. order for me to like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> At the same like, time, it was weird. It definitely like reeked of Houston, but it was like a different fucking side of it. It was just like, wait a minute, these dirty motherfuckers would do shit like this. Yeah, bro. yeah, like, I know. I saw the cover and I was like, I, I, I don't know. I'm a big sucker for like album covers. Like, I don't know. Like like ASAP Rocky's testing album sticks out to me as like one that like you know caught my attention yeah. and then made me just like love the album from there. So this one when I saw it I was like I I love how it's the last album cover but it's like everything is darker you know what I mean her hair is dark she has like a dark dress on it's like almost like like a like Black Swan type of type of thing like we're getting a more like you know evil sound or like more like rough around the edges kind of sound and that that was like he 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 said something perfect right there he said Black Swan emphasis on the black. Cause this album is very pro black, and it's something that made me fall in love with it even more. Not to say that the last one wasn't as, but when I get home is just intensely pro black. I mean, it's just to me, it's like everything you could ask for out of a, an album, at least in that genre of music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like I said, it's one of my favorite albums, period. Like, I can listen to it at any point of the day, no matter what feeling I'm feeling. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the last one was more like a seat at the table. So she wanted to, like, again, ha- have a say in what was going on. Right. And then this one is more like, it's my table now type of shit. Like, I don't care about your table. I I built my own table. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, let me, let me, uh, let me do some other shit. Fuck the table. Yeah. You know I mean? like, <laughs> Fuck the table, who cares? Exactly. And I mean, that's why I love it. And like I said, it's very different from any other Houston experience because it's not all chopped and screwed or like pseudo fucking like yeah. gang violence, whether or not they're they're in it or not. It's just like Yeah, there's like a gun reloading once on the album. That's all I can remember as far as like things being violent or things being like you know, it's still very sweet. It still has a very sweet attitude, but it's very like I don't know how to describe it. It's very, like, again, rough around the edges. It's, like, avant-garde, the same way that maybe, like, a Makami album would be. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, cuts really deep. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that she samples and, like, the the way that her producers handle everything. 
and and it kicks off with things I imagine, which is just like a perfect way to start it because the album is all about repetition. It's all about like you know her saying this thing, you know, almost like manifesting this whole sound or whatever. Yeah, the whole experience was something that she may have that that she saw, but she imagined, but she saw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. Like she saw things she imagined. Yeah, <laughs> is it? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what do, what do you make of that exactly? And like, I feel like again after like the thirtieth time, I'm still under trying to understand exactly what she's like saying because i don't go on genius i don't really i think that's like a cheap way to yeah look at albums you know what i mean because then you just get one perspective on it but yeah the thing the way that again the way that i see it is that she imagines this like very specific sound for herself and then she she executes it across the album i i would say it's either that or she's imagining what her hometown is like what her her what her life is like you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. the experience she gets when she walks out the door type of shit you know what i mean yeah exactly maybe like it could be either or it could be both who who fucking knows either way i'm having a grand time trying to uncover it and that song in particular is mm-hmm. it's beautiful you know what i mean i love how she gets playful with it a little bit you know what i mean like it's just mm-hmm. so well done yeah i just um i don't know over the years i've just I've just like seen Solange as, as like um, an upgrade of Beyonce, like artistic upgrade of Beyonce, because Beyonce has gone so far in the direction of like I'm a billionaire, watch the throne type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Lemonade, I loved it at first, but it kind of aged like milk because it's like I don't care about the you know I don't care about the divorce anymore. I don't care about the affair. The news was the news at the time. You know what I mean? But it's so specific to that era. This just feels so much more timeless. Like you know what I mean the subject she's she's talking about it just seems so much more like. You know, it'll last forever, type well, of thing. Well, she she's a more. Well, hold on. Before I say that, let me say there might be certain things that we listen to from Beyonce that might not exactly be for us either, because we're not woman or black woman at that. That's true. So, with that being said, well, I don't one hundred percent agree with that statement. I do understand it, and I'm not against it in, in its entirety because I do think that Solange is a more artistically free. Yeah, person mm-hmm. that she's not behind any like financial like I need to have an image for this right you know what I mean because she well number one Beyonce's her sister mm-hmm. but number two she's talent she's full of all the natural talent that that family has to offer but without the spotlight being 100% on her so she's able to experiment with things mm-hmm. that maybe Beyonce wanted to but can't Right, you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, I feel I feel the exact same way, and I just I think just the way that she arranges everything and, and the people that she works with, particularly, is just so like thoughtful. You know what I mean? Because like there, there's people I don't know there's people like Jaden Smith or Willow Smith or whatever who their their dad will set them up with like you know the best Hollywood producer or whatever because they have all the resources, yeah. right? But if you don't have any taste, you're not going to be able to be like, no, I'll get this producer out of my fucking face. Which Solange would do. <laughs> She'd yeah. be like, this guy sucks. Like, I don't need you. Exactly. You know what I mean? She she's picked the best producer. She picked Blood Orange for her first EP. And then going and then going forward, it was like, you know, she just kept making better and better choices like with each person. And by this album, I think she really mastered it. But I want to go, go in more specifically about certain songs. So do you have a, a song that we can talk about real quick? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Down With The Click is mm-hmm. probably like 1B for my favorite song. Yeah. Because... It does the slowing down shit that Houston does the chopping screw. Mm-hmm. 
It does the chopping and screwed effect without it being a chopping and screwed effect. You feel me? It slows shit down without it being like a complete, if not like 100%. It's like a chopping and screwed like 2.0 or something, right? No, I wouldn't even put it in the not same. That it's, not that it's better, but it's um the new version of it. I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't put it in the same lane. I would say it's another style that pays homage to another style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know its roots because of where it's coming out of, but it doesn't sound anything like oh, it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like it, it's it's as good as that or it's, it's good in its own way, but it's also like paying homage like mm-hmm. it's it wouldn't disrespect that it wouldn't be like i'm better than it yeah but it's like you know what i mean people could say that you could call it like if anything it sounds like a fucking as, as, as stupid as this might sound like a live chopped and screwed like something like mm-hmm. that that, that a, like a band was able to do if that's fucking possible like yeah exactly I, I see what you're saying yeah like i just love the repetition of uh down 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 you know yeah. what i mean I, I love that and i love her little singing like she goes into really, really high pitches for like five seconds at a clip. Yeah, and the piano was a sleeper on this one because it's so faint. It's only it's mm-hmm. only present in certain areas, but the way it rolls with uh, the the actual chopping in the song, yeah. when it goes down, 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 and it goes ding, ding, like that fucking ooh, oh yeah, my god, that gets me every time, bro. Yeah, p- piano could always uh, end up pianos and strings could always end up being you know um, just a detractor from an album because they just put those on to make them it sound bigger than it is. But this album, it's like you know a, a well done piano, a tasteful piano, is like rare to come by. Right, it's like it's like putting too much onion in shit. It's like you put enough onion in a in a, in a sauce, it'll be perfectly fine. You put too much onion, now mm-hmm. you got tomato featuring onion. Yeah, we'll take for example like Rich Brian or something like that, like one of those like eighty eight rising artists. Like I don't find his sound particularly interesting. I don't find his story particularly interesting. But he'll just add strings, and it'll be like, oh, now my life is so much bigger than it is. You know what I'm saying? This album, it's like this album and and the new Fiona Apple album. I just in my head, those are like two albums where they use piano so tastefully. It just feels like you're like in this like rich artistic environment. That's the thing. Pianos are used for this pseudo success thing that the people do. It's mm-hmm. like it's weird as shit. It's yeah. like <laughs> I know. Rick Ross is the only rapper I've seen like continuously use that shit correctly. Yeah. Because everybody else does it. When you start hearing a piano in a nigga's music now, now you're like, oh he either about to start rapping fast. Yeah. Or is or somebody's about to follow up singing and this song is about to be whack. An- another like, yeah, another good one where it does it, it um I'm trying to think of another good one. Um like that song with the weekend and Drake off of um, Take Care, Crew Love. Yeah, that uses piano really well because it it's like puts you in like that like Ibiza mansion type environment. Like, well, I'm, say, I'm saying yeah. for just a rapper, like you know, like yeah, that yeah. was obviously yeah. There's a few. There's rare cases, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you 100. percent Yeah, but, but um, um, I mean, for real though, down with the click, and then and then the other thing I was gonna say was the the transition, the weight of the show, bro. Mm-hmm. Which is my, which is actually my favorite song, for sure. And I mean, I gotta say before I before I pass it over to you, bro. Like, y'all should really fucking if you're not gonna listen to the whole album, listen to listen to one of these two songs on repeat for a little bit. Oh, for sure, back like, to back, yeah, yeah. Like, just do that. Well, go ahead, bro. Yeah, because way to the show, like. <laughs> I just knew my favorite song on the album had had that like gun reloading sound in it. And I've listened to the album so many times and I always forgot which one it was. And finally I like re went back and like, like zoomed in and found that. And that shit is so good. I just love, (laughs) I just love how all the organic instrumentation is just like blasting off. And then there's all these like reloading sounds and she's singing and you know, it's like, I love the repetition. It's so good. I love the repetition of her voice. Just call me on my way to the show. Call me on my way to the show. Just over and over again. Like, 
it's again it's like a puzzle it's like what, what the fuck does what that mean what the fuck does that mean <laughs> what do you mean you're I would, okay you're on your way well, then she's talking about sitting in a fucking in, in a in a candy paste sitting on chromes like mm-hmm. she's like this fucking like like fucking gorgeous gangster just throwing around she's like yeah call me on the way to the show nigga <laughs> she just cruising around Houston blunt in hand mm-hmm. 40 on her left like you know what I'm saying it's just she's She's so good at imagery. Like, she's so... She speaks right. shit into existence. And she has this, like, uh, When I Got Home um, film. Actually, that's on like, the Criterion channel now. It's, like, a short film. Yeah. I wouldn't actually give that a watch. I haven't watched that just yet. But just even without that visual visual accompaniment, like, I can already... I can already... I have mental images of, like, how things are, are going on. You know what I mean? Like, how things are... How she's portraying them, like, with her words and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's just it's just a crazy album. I just like I didn't really appreciate it that much at first. Honestly, I appreciated it more for the aesthetic. In the same way, I I liked a seat at the table. I I, enjoy, I I understood the appeal of it, and I liked certain songs off of it. But I was like ah. And over time, this has become one of my favorites as far as R and B. Um, end of twenty nineteen, it's like one probably in the top three. I mean, for sure. I mean, and it's just it's it feels like like you said, limitless potential. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From what she did with this album, whatever she does is going to be fucking amazing to me. And like, the whole thing is like, I trust her because if it hasn't been evident in her music, she's really good at transitioning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 can I hold the mic into stay flow, bro? Mm-hmm. Marvelous. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes me trusted. Like, I know that's such a weird thing to be like, how could you, because, you know, if that's the case, Pierre Bourne should be putting out nothing but fucking classics all the time, right? Yeah, but, transitions are important, but the, the the thing I like about this album, as opposed to, like, one of the Pierre-produced albums, is that these songs, even though they're short, you can listen to it individually here and individually individually there, and the transitions don't really clash with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Pierre ones, like, if you play a certain song, it'll start off with the transition from the last song, and sometimes it's like... What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you play it straight through, it's amazing, right? Yeah. This shit, it's like, you can listen to these songs individually as little, like, pieces, but somehow they fit together perfectly, transition perfectly without, um, you know what I mean, without it interrupting anything. I, I just, like, it's just crazy. And Stay Flow is another one of my favorites on there, too. I love how um, everything is, like, so down low and everything is so, like, bassy and warm and, like... I just love I love the way that Solange comes across in this song. Oh my god. Yeah, dude, and she she pays homage to her sister's group. Mm-hmm. You know, and the way she's flowing with the down, down, down. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's Destiny's child flow shit. You know what I'm saying? What's that song? Um mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're showing you're Yeah, I'm showing it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it was off I think it was off that second album, but like mm-hmm. what I'm saying is when do you see that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And done well. And again, like it's the same thing I was just saying before with like, where we're talking about Chopped and Screwed and how I said it was 2.0. And the same with Beyonce, how I was saying like, she's like almost like an upgraded Beyonce. I, I guess I don't even think like she's like, she's an upgraded version of this or that. You know what I mean? She pays, again, she pays homage to it and then she does it differently. So she right. pays homage to her sister, you know what I mean? Because her sister's, the way that she was uh in the public eye i'm sure it inspired her and i'm sure she loved her sister's music yeah but she did it different she does it differently right you know what i mean and some could and again some could argue better i mean if you're growing up where you witness your sister's career as destiny's child one one of four to one of three yep. and destiny's child which is like one of the greatest groups of all time i don't give a shit what anybody says 
Yeah. Those, well, I can run any of those albums front to back and not have a single issue. Definitely. Like, to go on to be one of the better, like, if not greatest solo acts of all time. And with, Kelly Rowland, too. I and, mean. Ke- and Kelly Rowland, who's, who, in my opinion, she was always my favorite out the group when I was listening to them. Mm-hmm. She was always my favorite. And then Michelle goes on to have a successful career on, on Broadway and... Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you just a, see, just a powerhouse. Just, just a powerhouse, and you see Solange being around them. It's just like mm-hmm. she was a sponge, and she sort of takes you know the theatricalness of of uh, of uh, Michelle, the mm-hmm. the fucking uh, the raw talent of Kelly Rowland, and like the the uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, it's her sister. I mean, they have similar voices, yeah, whether you like it or not. Yeah, and know? her sister, her sister is fucking like a like a. Like, an, like like yeah. an elite being, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like like the the um the omniscient, like you know what I'm saying? That like you would just never believe that could be a person. She took all that and became like this incredible fucking act. Yeah, damn, I didn't even think about it like that. Just it's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what I mean? So for her to pay homage in this way, mm-hmm. it and it, it'd be subtle. You know what I mean? The whole song wasn't just that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was it was floated it was sprinkled with everything and that, that that's the ongoing theme in this album is that it's it's influences are clear but they're sprinkled it's gentle you know what I mean yeah yeah it's not all in your face at once mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense you feel me and stay flow is great stay flow is like one again like top five for me one hundred percent yeah off first listen that was my first one and, yeah. and over time it's got maybe like in my top five too maybe like number five but. Yeah, I just love Way to the Show. I love um I love all these fucking songs, man. I love the song of Gucci Mane. That's a really good one. I love Dreams, the song after Stay Flow. How does that one go again? You don't remember Dreams, the one she's talking about being a little girl? I, I'm just thinking of it Dreams, I imagine. No, 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 no. I guess this will be an edit point, but this mm. this is Dreams. Alright, so we're back. We just listened to Dreams. <laughs> Pretty good song. The the one thing the one maybe critique I have with this album, I guess, you know, is its biggest strength, which is the repetition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because certain songs, certain songs, like, I don't know. I don't love, I don't love the chorus. I don't love the verse. And and then it kind of repeats itself. Right. Or whatever. And I don't like it. But for the most part, I think they, it's going to be a weird comparison to make, but she reminds me of like swans and the way that swans, like will just like keep repeating the same shit, like over and over and over and over, like and building on the groove as they go along. I feel like it's kind of the same way, but in a shorter, more poppy kind of fashion, where she'll add elements to it as the song goes along, but she'll continue to say the same words, you know? Uh, yeah, that that whole that took me aback, that first comparison with Swans, but it ended up working. That mm-hmm. was good uh, good rowing there, bro. Holy shit. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think I think its biggest strength is also his major weakness, the same way he does. I mean... Dreams again is I love that song. And the only problem that I will say is again it's super repetitive. But I think it serves as like I think everything from not everything because there's not that many songs, but the dreams and nothing without both serve as an interlude to Almeida because Almeida is huge. Yeah. And I think it, it all just flowed well to Almeida because it, it Almeida is just so huge that I feel like she couldn't have put a regular ass song like right before it because mm-hmm. it, it would have just been 
completely demolished. Yeah, it could have been outshined or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, the way that it comes in is so perfect. The transition is amazing. And and I feel like that's, like, the best song on the album as far as, like, um, like if you wanted to show somebody this album and advertise it to them, if you were putting out a single, this would be the single. Jesus Christ, the beat. The beat is ridiculous. It's not, now that you play an Animal Crossing, doesn't it sound like fucking Trap House Animal Crossing? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it reminds me of that. And the way that she's singing and the way that the beat is going reminds me of, um, what's that song by Sister Mary? It's like the one time bonnet. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That shit was on, that shit was on skate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that she's singing it, it's like, uh, down one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, that yeah. kind of like, uh, you know. Yeah. Speech pattern. I think it was called Bang, uh, Bam Bam. Yeah, yeah, that's the song. Yeah, Bam Bam by mm-hmm. Sister Nancy, yeah. Sister Nancy, that's yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, fucking, yeah, it's it's cool as hell, you know, she, her style is so distinct and it's so free, but of all of that, where the fuck did Cardi come from? Because <laughs> 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 I remember my first time listening to it, I had no idea oh, Cardi my, was going to be on the album. My fault, I fucked it up. The, the song that I was just talking about was Ben's, the one where it has like the Sister Nancy type of part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my fault. But Almeida, yeah, yeah, the Playboy Cardi part is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where the fuck did he come from? Yeah, yeah. Where the fuck did he come from? Who, <laughs> who gave him the right? Who gave him the fuck? Who? The audacity of this vampire motherfucker <laughs> to just fucking batwing himself in and just lay down one of the most stupid, beautiful verses ever on a song. Yeah. No, it's just amazing. And that was the same year that he came out with the same uh, the same type of thing on the Cardi, uh, the, uh, not the Cardi album, the fucking Tyler album. He came out with the same thing on the Tyler album uh, on the song... Uh, Earthquake. Earthquake, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, where even Tyler was like had difficulty figuring out what the lyrics were or whatever, right? Yeah, he would just you know lower the shit. It's just like like he just I don't know what it is. He just he's like remember how fucking Patrick said cursing is fucking sentence enhancement. Mm-hmm. Playboy Cardi is song enhancement. Like yeah, for sure. He very rarely strikes out. I.e. Pain nineteen ninety three, but like mm-hmm. oh my god, Almeida. Yeah, what a great, what a, what a great song. And here's the thing: usually, when something this huge is is there, everything else that follows is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Completely wrong in this sense. Yeah, because even though we got ten more songs, yeah, like <laughs> we still got a lot of a lot still, of heaters, a lot of heaters. Like fucking time is is fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. but it does fall a little short after my skin, my logo with Gucci Mane. Yeah, I love in that my song. opinion, I love that song. I mean, my skin, my logo. It's a, it's a really, really good one. Oh my god, it, it's a, it's a pairing I didn't know I needed. Mm-hmm. But I would like to have at least one more song out of them. Yeah, because it seems sort of like they were just both high as hell, passing around backwards, and they were just like, "Yo, what if we recorded a song, nigga?" Yeah, that, that, the Earl Sweatshirt <laughs> method yeah. of recording, you know. And it, and it flowed beautifully. Gucci's like Gucci and her, like laughing back and forth at each other. You know, mm-hmm. she's fucking just. Having a, a hell of a time, and she's going, Gucci like the slang. Gucci like the bang. Gucci in the back was like, ah. This <laughs> 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 shit was so fun. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a really good one. And, and I guess, like, even going a little bit deeper with it, I guess, like, the My Skin, My Logo type of thing, it's like, Gucci Mane famously has the burr, you know. The, uh, the ice cream Ice cone. cream cone in his face. And people made fun of him for a while, but he's made a whole <laughs> yeah, brand out of it. You he know? made a whole brand out of it. You know. 
You know what I mean? It's, and I guess going along with like the themes of like black empowerment and that kind of stuff, it you know, to in, in, in an even deeper level, I guess it's almost like you know, like black skin is my logo type of thing. Like yeah, it's like you know, I, I, I can I can see that too. You know what I mean? It, it's all just so so fucking deeper than you think mm-hmm. in a good way because it's just like sometimes those things will happen where it's like oh you think it means one thing but they were trying to be edgy or some cringy shit you know what I'm saying yeah 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 it just it works out so fucking well and again with my skin my logo it's one of my favorite songs too everything on this shit is my favorite song it's one of my favorite albums period I love this fucking album but my skin my logo made me backtrack when I first heard it mm-hmm. remember like being in my dad's house listening to it and going wait what yeah and just like having to repeat it because it was it was different. It's different from everything else. It's like the most unexpected song in my opinion. Yep. You know what I mean? Right after the Cardi one too. Whew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Massive. But again, another fucking amazing interlude. Where we deal with the freaking, which is just great. Mm-hmm. But then the album takes like a picks up like a third fucking gear with the with Gerard and Bins and Beltway. Yeah, Gerard into Bins into Beltway is like. And again, I keep talking about the transitions. It's probably not not the most fun thing to listen to me keep saying this, but I just want to nail it home. The transition between Gerard and Bins is like, what the fuck? Nuts. Yeah, that's the best transition Nuts. I've ever heard, maybe potentially between songs. Pierre should take notes because that shit is, you know, that shit is just as good as some of us, his stuff and not better. Just so you know, Pierre, we're not taking shots at you. Bro. We love you, but this, this, this is you. You know what? You know, I'll double down. You guys are just as good and you guys should work together. There you go, for sure. I agree. But going back to the Gerard and Benz, yo, these two songs, I think, like, I, I, Almeida's probably the best song on the album. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to say there was, like, if you wanted to say either of these two could compete with it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say you was tripping. Yeah. It's like, it's like you could say, you can say fucking Lawrence Taylor's the GOAT for football, but you could also say it's Tom Brady and I won't get mad at you. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can say either or. I'm not gonna get mad. That's how I feel about this. It's like okay, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, the bins specifically is just is it's it's massive. It's it's, it's oh my god, bro. Like, doom, doom, doom. <laughs> it's now I can talk about the sister Nancy thing <laughs> that I was just running my mouth about a second ago. This is the one where yeah, it just she just completely she interpolates the chorus again, but like. It's not I I if she did this without her permission, I don't even think she could sue her. Yeah, is the, is the kind of thing. It doesn't sound anything similar, but it does at the same time. Right. You know what I mean? She has that same flow, she has that same kind of vibe of that song, and it's very like, you know, I I, I guess you describe it as like plinky, I guess, like a, a quality of that song. And and she just like takes it and just makes it her own. Yeah, and it matches the video, too, because the video is so carefree. It's just her, like, looking at herself on the fucking camera and just, like, twirling and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's so fucking sick. You know what I mean? She's just dancing, singing and shit. And it's just, like, this is why I love her so much. It's, like, the music reflects her personality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so, like, luxurious, but, like, spastic and all over the place, but also, like, well done. Like, put into a well-done package. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she really is just, like, the Criterion version of Beyonce, where she's, like... <laughs> Where it's like, like, uh, like if you guys don't know what the Criterion Collection is, it's basically like this like um, film organization called Criterion, and they kind of like find movies that like stick out or that are culturally like significant in sorts of ways. And uh, sometimes they'll take popular movies. Sometimes it'll be like reissuing stuff that's not really you know out there as much. But you know, the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because you know her again, as I said, her 
um, film music video version of this album. The extended version is on the Criterion Collection now. They like picked it up. Yeah, you know what I mean. As it, you know, calling it a culturally significant, you know, marker type of thing. So I, I think again, she's like almost like the Criterion version of her sister, or the Criterion version of like Destiny's Child, or like you know, a lot of those kind of artists where she like she does things just slightly differently. You know what I mean? She does things just like in just a subtle different way where it changes everything. It's sort of like the. It's sort of like the fucking. It, it, like an experiment with the two sisters almost. An experiment's the wrong word, but it's just like, well, what happens if you put one more extra droplet of this right. and one less of that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, they both equally talented, right? but it's two entirely different styles. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. one, I can see smoking a J, fucking throwing around, like doing whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Beyonce. I I feel like if she sees weed, she's like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like she'll talk about rapping. She'll talk about smoking weed because now it's like legal or whatever, right? But Solange is just like it, just kind of assumed. Yeah, again with like Earl or any of them, but no, nope, nothing wrong with it if she doesn't smoke weed. But I'm like, I, I think she's faking the funk on some on certain shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and here's the here's the thing. Again, no disrespect to Beyonce throughout this whole thing. I see Beyonce again as like the Godfather, and then I would see her, Solange as like thief or something. Where it's just like. Just a little bit off the beating path, but you like you you know everybody knows about the Godfather, right? You know everybody references it, whatever. But then you have these other movies that like maybe you haven't heard of, and you check them out, and they're just as good, type of shit. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm gonna go wild with this shit, but it's like it, it's like right now I think the active best rapper alive right now is probably is either Conway the Machine or is Freddie Gibbs, mm-hmm. and then like if you look ten years or twenty years ago, it's Jay Z and Nas. Yep. That's what you got now between them two. Mm-hmm. It's like, because that's how it feels with, with, with her and, and, and Beyonce. It's like a passing of the torch without any animosity or anything like that. And it's just, it's great. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like almost like light, the lighting of her torch and she goes and does her own thing type of thing. Exactly. And it's, it's beautiful. They, they, they can coexist without any, any fucking media going sibling rivalry erupts in Houston. It's just like, no, nah, they fucking love each other. They're making beautiful music and they're doing what they want to fucking do. Yeah, and if you pay attention to it, they're always doing things separately for most of the time. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't ever see Solange in an Ivy Park advertisement or anything like that or, you know, Beyonce in a Solange music video. It's like, you know, for years they called Solange Beyonce's sister and I did the same and so many people did, you know, because... At the time, that's kind of what she was. It was like maybe in 2011 or something. You know, she was Beyonce's sister. Right. You know, she was putting out EPs and they were good. But, you know, they weren't crazy in love. They weren't whatever, four plus, whatever it was that was out at the time, right? But then, you know, as the years progressed, it's like, you know, again, she started working with Blood Orange. And then, you know, obviously, um, Seat at the Table was like her watershed moment that was like... Yeah, because before that she was making really good music and she was kind of a feature artist and she was like at music festivals and stuff. But um, I think Seat at the Table really like made her the headliner of the festivals. Yeah, it was like you would go to the music, you would go to like fucking like uh, Governor's Ball, you'll see Solange is there, you go to see Solange prior to both albums dropping. Like, I'm going to go see Beyonce's sister. I can say I've seen Beyonce's sister. Yeah. Now it's like, I'm going to see Solange because of fucking Solange, bro. Like, You know what's funny? I remember talking to somebody, and we both know this person, and I'm going to edit out their name, Danielle Capone and her sister. They were at um, <laughs> they were at uh, the Roots picnic or whatever, and they were not there for the Roots, <laughs> but Solange, Solange and Grimes were also there like at like two or three, 
and they were just like, oh, like we have to get through this slog. And, I, and at, at, looking back on it, I'm like, you guys suck, bro. <laughs> Solange is amazing. Solange is fucking incredible. And, and you know, Grimes, Visions Grimes, was that was like prime time right there. Yep. You, you know who they were there to see? <laughs> They're hyped. <laughs> Macklemore. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that there was a time where Solange was like the like the appetizer for Macklemore? Uh, <laughs> Isn't that embarrassing? I'm nauseous. I know, right? Oh, no, bro. It's crazy. That's nuts. That's... Um, I, okay, we, we gotta... We gotta care. Oh, my bad, y'all. I'm... I'm oof. Isn't that crazy that yeah. there was a time when that was a thing? Yeah, my stomach hurt now, bro. Thanks. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, like... Just to see how, how, how divergent, like, their career paths have been, like like... Macklemore was so hype off that horrible thrift store song and that horrible Grammy win, and then he just completely just you know bricked his whole career. And Solange has just you know been on an upward trajectory ever since then. Yeah, exactly. Even if you take any like the last five songs off this album mm-hmm. or uh, any bit of it, matter of fact, take any five songs. But I'm talking specifically take the the two interludes uh, and and fucking Beltway, Sound of Rain, and I'm a Witness. Mm-hmm. It's better than Ma- Malcolm Moore's entire discography. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, Beltway. Beltway is fucking. It's too short, but it's too short in a good way. It, it, it was too short, leaving me wanting more. Yep. And it sort of did the same thing as uh, fucking uh, dreams and nothing without intention did, where like one serves as the interlude for the next into. Mm-hmm. Into Sound of Rain. Yep. But Exit Scott is really fucking good into it. I will say. Mm-hmm. Exit Scott is really fucking good. But Sound of Rain is huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's a weird song for me because it's just like... I don't know how to describe the feeling it gives me. It's like It gives me chills, but like... Like, uh, I can't... Her voice just like fucking shoots like every... Everything into me all at once, bro. It's crazy. It's it's like mm-hmm. it's like the first hit of the blunt you ever had, bro. It's like you feel that shit again. I love that song so much, bro. Yeah, I you know she does a lot of similar things on here. Where like, yeah, again, her her voice is so powerful. It reminds me of like almost like FK Twig certain songs yeah. that she does. Like where like yeah, she'll like it, all you need is like a piano in her, and she'll she'll like make you cry. You know, <laughs> in yeah. two minutes flat. Yeah, the sound of rain. Sound of rain ain't even on, on that on that fucking like sensitivity tip or anything like that. Like it's sensual as shit, but somehow it's like I can't even. I don't know how to describe the sound. Like it's weird. It, it just it's it's amazing. It, it shows her range as an artist. Mm-hmm. It shows what she could do. You feel me? And that's what makes me appreciate this album so much is like it, it's really just like a, like Kobe Bryant with the five championships it's just like this is what I can do on one album yeah right like the other one to me classic too I love that album as well See at the Table is fucking huge yeah but I mean I don't know dude I I, I, I don't know if this is even like influ- quote unquote like influential or whatever but it, I don't know I it's important for sure yeah I mean just everything about this album, its shortness, it, it's yeah. I, I mean, I guess you did kind of predict the the uh, the like the era going forward because everything is so short on this album, and 
So many songs nowadays are so fucking short. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was listening to G. Herbo's PTSD, the deluxe edition, which is pretty much two albums on top of each other. And mm-hmm. it was only like an hour and 30 minutes. Right. And what? like even like Die Very Rough or something. That song is like a minute and 30. There's so many songs nowadays where it's just like a minute and 30 seconds. As I was saying, the, the next few songs are that exactly. Like Not Screwed is 20-something yeah. seconds. Yep. And, and fucking I'm a Witness, Steve. The last song on the album is, is, is a minute and... Hold on, let me look at my phone because I don't want to get this one wrong, but it is a minute and 52 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's still fucking better than the majority of like R&B that it came out that year. Name me a Chris Chris Brown song that goes as hard as any of this shit. I'm telling you, you capping. Yeah. 100%. It's yeah. not even it goes hard. It's as beautiful as this. It, it's, it's as artistically driven. It's as full of substance as any of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Difficult to pick out, yeah. It's difficult to pick out. And even though she has beef with Dev Hines now, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, I'm not even going to speak on it. Yeah, right. It's stupid. But um, I can hear his influence on 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 uh, I'm a Witness, like, mm-hmm. heavily. Yeah. So I was telling you when I was listening to it with you, I was like, it kind of sounds like he's on it, but he's not. Yeah, we did look it up, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's not. Um, yeah, I'm sad that they, they, that they had a beef because I feel like the two of them could have, like... You know, really, like, I, they could have made an album together and it would have been a 10 out of 10. You know, it's disappointing that that, that, that ended up happening. Because Losing You, have you ever heard that song? Yeah. Fucking, oh, my God, it's that, so good. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Like, I would say her and Dev are, like, 1A, 1B for my favorite artists. And, and I guess that New Age R&B, whatever the fuck people call it. Like, like alternative fusion, R&B. I, like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. fusion is a fucking corny word. But, yeah, like. <laughs> fusion dance R&B, yeah. Yeah, like, that. That shit is just not even just R and B as a whole. They're my two favorite artists. Yeah. So if they were collab, it'd be, it'd be what to me what, what that Jay Z and R Kelly album was the old heads, mm-hmm. those fucking dumbasses. But anyways, yeah, like yep. I just I really love how even though despite the beef, she still keeps her influence prominent. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's she's not petty, but she will like. Yeah, I think they kind of like big up each other once in a while, like like they'll share, you know, each other whatever each other is doing on social media and stuff. They're like I think they're at a mutual point where they're cool with each other, but they're not making music anymore. Yeah, maybe their creative differences were too big. Again, I yeah, I don't want to extrapolate on it, but yeah, I need I need that that album. <laughs> they need to come back together. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck whatever that agreement was. Go argue but make that goddamn music. Yeah, I love stand, you know, I, honestly standing on the corner doing the interludes with with uh Blood Orange producing the majority of it would still be incredible because yep. they're two very underground New York artists who use, you know, um organic sounds and kind of like manipulate them and take sounds of the past and like you know update them and I feel like that the three of them would could make it incredible. The three of those artists as a whole you say Dev Hines is from New York? Cause he's from he's from UK. He's from the UK, but he's he's a new he's pretty established as a New York artist at this oh, point. Okay. You know what I mean? Blood, Blood Orange as a as a band. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, as yeah. an entity. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. But Dev uh, again, yeah. Dev Dev is they they are one A one B for the best talents in on. I got a fucking picture of him right here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, forgot about that. Yeah. We we are huge fans of both of them in this house. Mm-hmm. So, but let me ask you this. As it is now, two years removed, what would you have given it on your initial release? Like, on its initial release and your initial your first initial listen versus now, what think, would your rating be? I think because I was so spoiled with good music at that time, it would have been like a B-, but listening to it back now, 
Um, I'd probably give it like an A minus because I, I do think some of the repetition is a little bit gets to me a little bit. And I do find myself skipping over certain songs, but um, as a whole, it's like definitely still again like one of the best R and B albums to ever come out. In in general, I'm not a huge huge fan of R and B, but it's definitely in like it's definitely in the top tier, you know. And I think she can make a couple of couple of improvements, maybe get a little bit more experimental uh, and a tiny bit less repetitive, and it would be like an A plus for me. Yeah, but what would you give it? Um. On its initial release, I didn't give it too many listens, but I did love it. Mm. It was it was a that was a crazy couple months around that time, so I had a bunch of other shit to worry about. But um, going back to it and just running it back constantly is showing me that like it's one of my favorite albums. Period. Mm-hmm. It's just that I didn't give it its uh its flowers when it was a when it had just dropped. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just, I love almost everything about it. I will say the things that I do dislike are sometimes when shit gets too repetitive, where it gets past a certain point where it's just like the, okay, like there's an extra minute of this. Right, right, right. It's kind of not needed. But with that being said, I do think that that was just sort of like whatever fat the album was going to have with it, Mm -hmm. which is pretty good to have. Yeah, again, I feel like once you love an album so much, like... You can ignore some of the blemishes or whatever, yeah. and still give it an A plus. In the same way, like the Phoebe Bridgers album, I, me and Troy love that album so much. But the song Moon Song we didn't like really at all. But the rest of the album was so good, it just uh, you know that's fine. I'm not gonna skip it. I'll keep it on. But I just know that it's front ended and back ended with like two more of the best folk songs I've heard. You know, type of thing. Right. Um, I wouldn't give it an A plus. I'd probably give it an A. Yeah. Because as much as I prefer albums to be short. It felt more like a sample size, and that was probably its biggest downfall, in my opinion, was that it was only 39 minutes long. Mm-hmm. If it had been like 45 minutes of Solange, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, A+. Plus. But, for, I mean, on its initial release, I probably would have said like a B, B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really paying attention to it. It was mostly like background stress relief. Right. Now, it's just like, this is the best thing to me right now and I just I love it so much so I'm gonna say B and A mm-hmm. B for back then and A for now right yeah A for now yeah yep. alright I think that pretty much wraps it yeah I mean uh, happy birthday uh, to that fucking incredible album when I get home is well is it, is it when I get home what's the name of it well, when I get home yeah That's oh cool. yeah, yeah we'll edit that out I wonder if she ever got home I wonder if she ever got home <laughs> maybe you have to watch the movie yeah <laughs> Yeah, I guess go go fucking stream the movie. I don't know, but uh, for for Ryan and Ryan, that's been it, bro. We out. All right, dope. I'll do something with this. <laughs>